Welcome to Survivor at Home, the podcast where we break down each episode of Survivor. My name is Jordan. I'm followed along here by Andrew Ironside, my co-host, and we are excited to break down episode nine tonight of Survivor season 42. And we have a special guest alongside us as well. First time podcast guest, Tyler Simcoe. Welcome, Tyler. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be on here. I've been listening for a while and it's a great episode to break down with y'all. It's great to have you on, Tyler. First of all, before anything else, I wanted to recap last week. You may have caught that I stepped out halfway through the podcast. Crazy story. So it's Thursday night at 10 p.m. We're in the middle of recording with Tori. It's going great. I'm in the middle of answering a London Steve question that was going to knock it out of the park. And then I hear this loud smash bang. And I get up. I come downstairs. I look outside. Someone has driven into the parking lot uh, where we live so fast they hit my mom's parked car which was thankfully she was not in it and he hit it so fast that it sent my mom's parked car four meters forward and smashed into the brick wall of the garage that the house is uh, connected to where we're renting and uh, put a hole in the wall so that was the incident and so I'm texting I'm like uh Jordan I think I gotta go I gotta deal with something here so we called the police uh, everyone was okay. Unfortunately, as I said, the guy was unpaired and uh, the police came and he was arrested, but uh, just a bit of a crazy night. And uh, just wanted to thank Jordan and Tori for uh, covering that and filling in, finishing a strong podcast last week. I think our ratings went up when I wasn't on. So maybe I should have more incidents, but thank you for reaching out everyone. A lot of people were texting. A lot of people drive by. We're right on a main road here in Toronto. And a lot of people from the community like reaching out saying, hey, I drove by your place and I see there's a car through the brick wall. Uh, everything okay? So um, so I just, I one thing I still need to do for the insurance claim, I got to go back and make an amendment because I, I think I had uh, playoff tickets to the lease in that garage and they must have mm. been destroyed because I can't find them anywhere. And so I'll just add a few of those on to the insurance claim for, and I'll say round two tickets in faith. I bought round two leaf playoff oh. tickets to get to see them in person. So yes, that would be replaced, but thank you for checking in everyone. We're doing fine. <clears throat> My mom's car was a write-off the insurance is dealing with that. And uh, the guys were here today fixing the brick wall. So that's lots of fun. First of all, glad everyone is safe in that uh, even with where the vehicle hit, no one in your family or in the building was put in danger, which is which is fantastic. We're glad to hear that. It's still not a fun situation, but glad that everyone is safe. But for the record, Tori and I, while recording, could hear, or at least I definitely know I could. I think Tori said she could as well. Hear something happened. It was loud enough that it came through your microphone, which blocks blocks out almost all background noise possible. And still... Uh, Still, we heard it. So it was a crazy situation. We were glad to hear that everyone was safe and we got to continue on the podcast, but very thankful you are back tonight, Andrew. Um, so let's welcome in, as we go, let's welcome in our guests uh, in his most recent season. He's played two seasons of Survivor at Home. In his most recent season, he had one of my favorite bios, which was just a guy looking for one more vote in Final Tribal Council. One-time runner-up, one time final four, I think he came fourth place the second time you played. Great resume. Tyler, can you tell us a bit about your Survivor at Home experience and maybe some 
expectations you had versus reality that came out in Survivor at Home? Yeah, so Survivor at Home, I guess it came to me by uh, last season's winner, Alex Strait, invited me on to, to play Survivor. And uh, the expectation going in was completely unknown. So I, I came in, I think I was the youngest player of, I think both the seasons, but the first season especially, I was going in thinking it would be hard to kind of relate to people. I would just have to rely on kind of some challenges and maybe I'll be able to squeak through at least until the merge. And what ended up happening was uh, being able to kind of form an alliance or be a part of an alliance that brought me all the way to the, the finals and unfortunately missed out by one boat. And then, uh, yeah, the, and then the second season came, got voted out very early and then was able to make it back in the in final six and then unfortunately lost fire making challenge to eventual winner alex but love survivor at home love the community and uh yeah it's just a great great time overall fantastic so we have an audience question i'm gonna throw this one out you didn't know it was coming yet but this ties in very well alex street who you just mentioned he wrote to me and asked in light of tyler coming on the podcast this week and having the highest average finished position in survivor home without winning because uh, again you came uh, second place and then you came fourth place so i think that lines up even if you i believe even if you include people who won unless they played once and won once which is only lynette, lynette is the yeah. only one but other than lynette he'd have the highest overall finish regardless of having won or not absolutely yes so and he, by the way he knocked, to lynette, he knocked me out her. early enough to make <laughs> yes, you that's that right. board Lynette won her coffee as well, $10. So thanks for mm -hmm. listening, Lynette. And the Wheel of Death chose you last week. Hope you enjoy that coffee on us. Uh -huh. So, yes, in line with that kind of thinking that you had the highest average finish, who, in your opinion, is the best player to never win Survivor? Yeah, I think the obvious answer is Sari Fields. She's been on three times, and I think each of the three times she had a legitimate shot of winning the game. And each time just something happened that uh, that caused her to to get out in the first season. I think it was uh, Panama and she got out very close to the end. Uh, the next one, Micronesia, there was a surprise final two. She would have won if it was a final three. And then in Game Changers, she got knocked out when she was the only one immune or not immune in a still crazy final. One of the final most like still one of the most iconic tribal councils in that Game Changers one. I thought I was going to be going off the board with Sari, but um yeah sari is mm -hmm. uh, was absolutely one of the number one choices uh, another player who could have won um and probably should have won their season although the winner was also deserving is dawn um when she lost in a fans versus favorite season to to cochran she controlled the game the whole way through and ended up losing in final final uh, tribal council um, i'm not sure by how many votes but she she's got one of those arguments for one of the best seasons played and losing in the finale because Don was uh, was incredible. So that was my second shout out. But Sari was my number one choice on that as well. Andrew, what's your thoughts on that? The first person that came to mind was Rupert, actually. Just as a fan, I just recently did a deep dive and in looking into his history and just what he kind of meant to the game early, in those early seasons. So I don't I, I don't know if he was one of the best ever, but just kind of what he represented. Really, this iconic figure with the tie dye shirt. If you, you know, if you haven't seen some of his seasons, he really was a key player there. So that's what came to mind first. But in terms of our household, who we genuinely thought should have won and came so close would have been Aubrey that season. And I think that was the season that Michelle won. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, that was the one usually when it finishes, we're like, okay, 
that that was a deserving winner. That was the season where we're like, no way, nothing against Michelle, but the way that that was edited that season, Aubrey was just a champion, just her personality, her play. It was, that was a shock to me. So yeah, she uh, in our family and Steph, I know would agree would be more deserving of having that chance. So, so good let's, stuff. yeah, Andrew, let's flip this question on its head. And I want to yeah. hear from you first as a four time host of survivor at home, in your opinion, can you give us one or if you have to, two survivor at home players who are the best players to never win? Oh man. Putting me on the spot here. Uh, yeah. Survivor home four seasons. I mean, my I, I definitely jumped to those who made the finals, the final mm-hmm. three and didn't win. So even going back all the way to season one with Alicia's game, I remember talking to Alicia beforehand. She was really nervous about playing and saying, I don't know if I would do well or if people would, you know, I'm kind of quieter. I don't have a big story per se. And I, I had a conversation with her before I said, look, like that can be your story is that like you're a stay-at-home mom uh you're wise you have really good insight into people and social situations she if you see her audition tape on season one she really just owned that owned who she is and really came in guns blazing in that season and made it to the finale and had a very strong showing and got votes there and obviously you know josh buck winning that was was pretty impressive too but she's definitely someone that comes to mind in that first season uh obviously would love my own wife Steph to to win she's fantastic at playing as well and then um you know even even to this season as I look to uh like uh, Ben and then Luke sitting there at the end with Alex you know could go either way so that's my very neutral answer because I love all you guys very much and thank you for playing this great group of people oh okay I forgot to tell you this before in the notes I would like to formally announce uh, survivor home season five is going to be launched in september of 2022 and the dates are going to be september the 16th and 17th this is the first time you're hearing it. this is coming to you live uh, no one knows this we haven't posted about it so if you are interested in playing survivor at home season five we're going to be throwing out a few things that have never been done before we are going to well, I won't tell you anything else, but you should check it out. Follow the website. You can apply anytime you want now. The registration is open for that. And so just going to sneak that in there. Breaking news. Breaking news. Heard it here first. Breaking news on the podcast. I don't know how many times we've had breaking news, but season five of Survivor at Home coming your way, September 2022. I just want to give a couple of special shout outs as well as we as I circle back to um the question of best survivor at home players not to win. I think your sister Katie Ironside deserves a shout out in that one. Did she she made two finales? Just the one, just season two just finale. The one. Just the one. Okay. Um, but was right there three times in uh, very close to the finale winning. Tyler, you had a fantastic survivor at home season three. I've have been on record. I voted for you. I thought you should have won. You missed it by one vote. Um, uh, but Lynette, also deserving winner. I will continue to say that deserving winner, but I thought in that moment that you you had it, um, which is why I had voted for you. Um, uh, as well, shout out, forever shouting out Vicky Cade. The game she played in Survivor at Home Season 2 was winner worthy mm-hmm. and um, and well done by that by her. And so well, that's why, this, that's why the question outs. is so hard. And yeah. like Jeff even says, sometimes the best players don't win. Mm-hmm. I don't discredit anyone who has won 
in this survivor home game or really on the show it's so hard to say that but yes there are characters that you love and you know if you're listening you, you probably have people that come to mind on the show itself or if you've played in this at home version with us there are just players that are like wow they are had they made it to the end they could have do that and we're going to see that in this season even as we watch yep. on tv because as we talked about last week with tori there's just a huge list of the remaining players that are killing it who are really playing a solid yeah. game and are, would be deserved but only three of them are going to get to that finale i mean you could there make the argument Sorry, Tyler, you could just yeah. make the argument from season 41 that the best player could have been Ricard as a deserving winner, and he was fourth place, I think, right? Hmm. There are many people who are deserving of a win who don't end up winning. Good Absolutely. stuff. Well, let's jump into the episode mm -hmm. tonight, and there's going to be a lot to unpack and some sensitive stuff as well, and we're going to do our best to approach that graciously. Here we the go. first thing is we know going in this is a double elimination that was in the teaser last week but as per usual we open up and romeo is feeling uh he was lied to and i kind of went dude your your panicky behavior got you in this situation did it not are we going with revisionist history here i know perception is reality and his perception of what happened is that he was lied to in in the game but from what we saw and I think what actually happened out there, he was really panicky and a lot of people didn't, didn't want that around. And I totally understand that. And so Romeo is all over the place, but he's also, he's feeling pretty lied to and, and hurt. And that's, that's an interesting dynamic. When someone feels wronged in this game, watch out. And I love the little, he threw in that vote for high. I saw Cal Sherman, friend of the show, tweeting out how he wishes that happened more, that someone just threw a little spicy uh, vote in there to throw someone off their game and Romeo definitely did that. It made high squirm and freak out a little bit. I've one thing I've never understood. I don't know if maybe you guys get it, but I don't get it. One vote making someone freak out is overreaction. I think. I think you're also just hyper paranoid at that moment. And especially someone like high, where if there's any semblance of my name might be on the chopping block, you start to freak out a little bit and you really need to like, if there's any, anything brewing you just need to be able to quash that as quickly as possible and just make sure that it doesn't kind of come into something something bigger because if what romeo happens it like it almost worked what romeo was trying to do is to show other people that high was a, a little bit erratic at times and just his i think reaction to it kind of bolstered that opinion that other people might have of him yeah i love the little aside of like okay i just wanted to get him paranoid and or a little you know, spastic and it happens, right? So he's like, yeah, mission accomplished. Make him, make him squirm a bit. Make it's so squirm. funny because what, two episodes, two weeks ago, they had this incredible moment on the beach, the two of them and, and sharing their life experiences. And then all of a sudden adversaries and they're not seeing eye to eye and they're, they're throwing um, votes at each other to, uh, to make the other one squirm. Um, it's a fun dynamic change in just what's probably five or six days on in the game and, and two episodes for us are three episodes technically if we want to count last week as a double episode and then we go into the morning and roxroy is ready to go with his alliance all the way through wants to get the guys together roxroy mike jonathan and then he wants to talk to high and get him involved in that and i love it because you see them talking about it let's do it the guys alliance here we go we're moving forward and high immediately is like what makes you think that I want to go with that alliance, that that is who I want to be in this game. And um, they're setting us up for, is this really the way that we want to go? I was interested by that conversation. Jonathan seemed genuinely interested. 
Mike, yeah, he says yes too, but then right after says I, I'm maybe open to that because guys like me do get picked off sometimes. But also, I know we're gonna cannibalize each other, and so let's just play it out and see where it goes. It probably won't yeah. last a long time. But as you said, Omar, yeah. hi, absolutely not on board. Yeah, for for guys like Jonathan, I think like it makes sense if anyone's kind of willing to work with them and is proposing even like a smaller alliance, he should just be on board, willing to work with anyone. But I think. That the problem with kind of these high level, oh, we have a like a superficial majority, like men versus women or returnees versus non-returnees, is that it only lasts as long as the trust within the alliance is. Like if someone like Rox is proposing it, but then if High doesn't trust him, then he's gonna turn to one of the women before just any of these superficial kind of high-level majorities. Let's use a movie reference. It works as long as the status quo remains the status quo. Shout out to National Treasure on that one. But as long as the status quo remains, you're good to go. But as soon as the status quo changes, you got to make sure it changes in your favor. Good stuff. So we get to the challenge. The huge twist in the game, really. This is pretty significant. They split them into two groups of five. And I want to hear your input on this as well. But I increasingly do not like this. I know I've even in Survivor at Home, We've done things sort of like this where you for even though you're merged, you kind of get split off and there's two votes at the same time. But I don't think I like it because it just it's similar to the hourglass where you've done a lot to, in this case, have a very strong social group. You have an alliance that you're working with. And then, and then depending on how they pick the five and I assume it's random, right? Like they draw rocks for this. Yeah, the yeah teams. it's totally random. It's totally random. And I think it it could turn your head on the game. So like, for example, what happens if one of those who are in that, you know, big alliance gets stuck with all four who are on the bottom. So Marianne, uh, Romeo, help me Tori. out here, Tori. And uh, there's that's someone three. else. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. So even if there's three of them and then say you get stuck with them and you lose that immunity challenge, you could be going from the very top to the bottom. And I get that survivor. There's always things that you got to, you know, it's the ebbs and flows. You got to be able to adapt. But I, I don't know, just something about that is tough to then send them off from a vote where they think there's 10 voting for one. Now it's five and five, you know, and you got like a one in, well, one in four odds after the two immunity necklaces are one. But yeah, what do you guys think about this split? Yeah, I think another part of it is I, I think I'm on your side where I dislike it in that there's a very unique dynamic just after the merge when there's a lot of people playing. And this is... There, we get multiple times throughout the game where you're playing with kind of a, a smaller group, like either at the end of the merge or at the very end of the game where there's a small group, people scrambling. And the people in the times when there's 10, 11, 12 people on a single tribe right after the merge, it like leads to some unique dynamics that I think, so in this episode, you're just kind of taking that away for a round and it's, you're kind of missing out on some interesting strategic uh, happenings that wouldn't happen if you're just splitting them up. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't mind it, actually. I um, My thing with a twist is a twist can't knock you out. And this one can hurt you, but you've got the chance to get out of the twist and, and survive through it. So I don't mind a twist like this. I think it changes the game. Voting with 10 people and voting with five are two very different things. And it is a lot. Um, if you're in a bad spot, it's a lot harder to survive a vote with five. They've all been, I believe, maybe not all of them have been to a tribal council with five, but most of them have been to a tribal council with five because they, no, they went to the merge four, four, and four. So they had all been to a tribal council with five mm -hmm. people. And um, 
it's tough where there's not a lot of room to hide in it. Would I prefer it just to stay the 10 people voting together and do two votes in this episode? I think I'd prefer that, but I don't mind a twist like this, actually. I'm, I'm on board with changing up the game a little bit. I think I would have rather this done if they could find a way to work it at 12, where it's six and six, mm-hmm. a little more people, because five is such a small number that, yeah, you can easily just get put in the wrong spot and three people strong arm and you're, and you're done. There's nothing you can do. Kind of like what the way it could have turned out for, for Tori in this. We know it went the way it did anyways for her, but there was a situation in which three people just strong armed and, and she was done and that didn't quite happen. It took us a long road to get to where it did happen tonight. And we'll get to that. But yeah, I think my point is I don't mind the twist. I think you guys are a little more against it than I am. And that's that's totally fair. I see that. But I don't think this twist itself knocks you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good thought. I I I mean, for those that got voted, it didn't seem totally unfair, although we're going to unpack that. But it could have twisted the game, could have flipped yeah. the game on its head. And that that would be unfortunate if you're in that situation. And and thinking back to last season with this, I think this is where Nasir went home. And, you know, we mm-hmm. love Nasir and watching him. Yeah. And that, I think he got screwed over by this, if I'm not mistaken. But but he went out with an idol in his pocket. Did he? Yes. Okay. Okay. He that's did fair. Go out with an idol in his pocket. So that's he fair. could have played it and they blindsided him. Uh, square and fair. So the challenge starts and it's two groups of five competing there, but they're all doing the same challenge. And it's a cl- another classic survivor challenge. You're perched up um, on that platform where it's basically just like the inside of your foot, starting at your big toe. That's all that can be on it. Typically what we see in this challenge is you got to work your way up. Um, but it, it became pretty clear that the swells in the water were preventing that from happening. They were going to be on the biggest perch in there on their platform. And the challenge starts and immediately six of 10, seven of 10 were done quickly. There's two groups. So competing for immunity. I meant to break this down a second ago, competing for immunity on blue on the blue side, Drea, Jonathan, Tori, Lindsay, Marianne. So all the girls and Jonathan. On the other side is the rest of the guys, Roxroy, Omer, Mike, Hi, and Romeo. So the guys alliance minus Jonathan, even though it wasn't really a thing anyways, but the guys alliance minus Jonathan are all together. And Jonathan is with all the women. And immediately, Drea, Tori, Marianne, Roxroy, Omer, all fall immediately without even question. And then Romeo falls not too long after high wins. One of the quicker immunities in survivor history. And it comes down to Lindsay and Jonathan. This was impressive with those, those waves. Like, yeah, there were some of the best saves that just yeah. like visually the, the most impressive, like balance saving yourself from falling yeah. over that I've seen in a long time. And this, this challenge doesn't really give you that very often. Cause it's most often calm water. And then one little hiccup combined with, a small swell or small wave and you're in your toast in that they were, yeah, the saves, it looked like, I guess you compare it to like surfing and trying to, trying to keep your balance in that way. They were compared to stacking Jenga blocks, maybe Tyler mm-hmm. trying to keep those uh, from falling Don't over. Bring that up. <laughs> Still <laughs> those, some PTSD those, for Tyler. Those wounds, PTSD. Those wounds cut deep. Eh? Yeah. Tyler's still wounded from that. Um, I had a question about this kind of challenge. So, I said to Steph, is there any advantage to being on the outside or being on the inside or somewhere? Because the water, you can't really control it. But how do they measure that, that it's pretty fair? And like, and do people get to pick? Like, is it 
like in squid games like i'm gonna just run over and pick this one or is it just totally random usually jeff says we'll draw for spots so i would imagine it's random but yeah i i would hope that they'd kind of put them far enough but it does look like if you fall to the side that you could get splashed by the person beside you falling in so Mm, yeah i don't know it's in the category of conspiracy theories again which actually this ties in well to audience question number two this comes from trent from survivor at home season one and i think a future season i hope as well uh he was texting me about you know do we do we think there are ever times that people get fed information what i mean is like contestants get fed information from people who are producing the show or who are filming that they're not supposed to know, but to give them advantage. Because we were talking last week about even when Drea is sitting around and they're wondering what Roxroy is going to do with the hourglass. And she just says out loud, well, I wonder if he's going to have the power to change the game. And now we're going to be the ones who are safe and they're going to be the ones who are vulnerable. So that was like very specific. And then last week she gets the, the, the peanut butter and jam offer uh, with chips. And right away she's like, no, I don't want to compete. I'll let Marianne go and i don't know if it's the edit but you can see right away she sits down and almost reaches immediately underneath and even even when you think back to ben remember ben's season where he was uh you know the the soldier the veteran and and really likable and then he finds these timely idols like a few, like three of them i think over a couple episodes even like really close to camp and so the question is from trent and i think it's a good one do you, do you think that happens i mean you hope it doesn't it's in the realm of conspiracy theory a little bit but do you think there are times where players might kind of illegally be fed information to give them an advantage i would hope not at least not directly i think like in the case with ben i think it's possible that production sees that he's the one who's looking for the idols and so maybe they'll make them a little bit easier to find because they think that could be a better story um, I guess the only other thing I could think of is if they ask some leading questions in confessionals and ask pointed questions about a specific player, and maybe you could gain some information from that. But I, I don't think that they would do anything direct to kind of manipulate the outcome of, of the game. I really don't think they do. I wouldn't be shocked if there is a past of that information given to a player or a little hint or tip. Um, I believe I have heard it before that there have been times where production has been like, maybe don't vote this person out first and we want to keep their storyline in for a bit. Oh, really? I, I, heard I, I believe yeah. I've heard that before. Um, here we go, starting conspiracies on mm-hmm. Survivor at Home, the podcast. But I don't believe in this day and age in Survivor that they they are doing as much as they can to keep everything Square pure. and fair, as you square said Square and fair. Yeah, square <laughs> and fair. And pure. It's fair and, and square, by the way. I was just making fun of you. <laughs> what did I say? You that said before? square and fair. Did and I? I made and I laughed too. But I didn't. I didn't correct you then because I felt bad. But then it came to mind, so I'm ashamed. So we did yeah. it now. But yeah, I I don't think that they. I think if if they ever have stepped in or if they ever have given away extra info, I don't think it's been on purpose. I think it's been a slip. Yeah, were if that were the case. So well, and the um, reason I also ask is because in season four of Survivor Home, Alex Street bribed me a little bit, so I gave him some clues to the idols, which is why I got some. I hope that's this is gonna set that's okay, right? Fire. (laughs) That's okay, right? There's no issue (laughs) with that. That's fine. You're good. You're good with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're human beings, right? Maybe, maybe it's happened over. Do I think? Do you think it's happened recently? Do I think it happened this season with Drea? 
or Ben even? Probably not. Do I think it happened in 42 seasons that it has happened? Probably. Or we've talked even before, but like the camera, all it would take is that glance over. And if they kind of nudge at it, right? So you Mm -hmm. never know. You hope it doesn't happen for the purity of the game. And I think I would assume most of the people who are there just love the game and love the show. And it wouldn't, why would you want to manipulate or influence that as well? But just an interesting question. So uh, we have, yeah, we have the challenge. Did we say who won? Yeah. So Jonathan wins against Jonathan wins and Jonathan also wins the food reward as well over high. Right. Um, Cause that was a second part of it. And so his group gets, gets the food reward high gets immunity as well in the other group, which I think those are actually some pretty timely wins for both of them because Jonathan with that group, I don't know that he would have been voted out, but he could have been, he could have been yeah, on the chopping block been. with that group, especially mm-hmm. if someone like Tori wins immunity. Mm-hmm. And then Romeo had the line of high is the biggest weasel out of here, out here um, at some point in this episode. And I just think that there could have been a little bit of a movement towards trying to vote out high. I don't know if it would have, suffice but five people you you never know where the dynamics go and mm. so uh so i think those were important wins for those two you have mike's line there too right as they're going to commercial break and it's that dangerous line where he says like okay i got nothing to worry about this worked out perfectly for me and i'm like thinking oh no is this the end oh, of mike's no, game because no mike we love mike and we, that's that's yes. what you should never say that oh yeah this is just going to go very smoothly i have nothing to worry about with these five guys but he is a famous safe. line of, I have no reason to think this, but I, but for some reason I'm nervous about getting voted out, but no one's given me any reason. Right. I got voted out for that one or on that, based on that one. Mm-hmm. Another teaser that will slowly come to light <laughs> if we get to it. Um, so the two voting groups, the first group that's going to vote is the the guys, that, yeah. that orange group, uh, Roxroy, Omer, Mike, Hi, who's immune, and Romeo are going to vote first. And so we get to hear from them. They go back to Taku. It's all men. Who are they going to vote out? Like it's the men's group. Mike and Roxroy want an easy vote. They want to get high on their side to solidify their alliance, which has or hasn't formed yet. And Omer getting a little bit frustrated with Roxroy because he's his quote was immovable and unshakable. Mm-hmm. Roxroy's not going to bend with you and, and go with your plan. He's got his his idea in his mind, and that's that's what's going to happen. And we kind of got a taste of that a little bit. He really is that kind of player. eh? have you noticed that Tyler and watching just very rigid, very strict. And I think they even allude to this in tribal that there's a sense. He thinks that a lot of guys are like this, that you kind of give each other the nod and you you don't change your mind. How would you feel about an immovable player like Roxroy? Yeah. It seems like he'd be at home 35 seasons ago. He'd be kind of more, in in tune with the other players um but i think like personally working with someone like that if i if i knew that i was in an alliance with them i would love having someone like that around because i would be able to trust them and like i i much rather have someone like roxroy on my team than someone like romeo who's been known to be get paranoid a little bit and be scrambly and uh yeah so i i think that it's mostly a positive is like as long as he's doing what I want him to be doing, which I guess is in the case of high is not the case. So in a game of unknowns, having someone who, you know, what they're going to do and you know, what they're telling you is like truth almost all the time. And their intentions is an asset for you. If you want to go through in a game like survivor, unless you're and, Omar uh, though, cause that's, that's, he 
countered that and said, I, I couldn't work. I don't want to work long term with Roxroy because I feel like he will not be able to be molded or manipulated. And I think he, Omar even has a quote mm. saying like, I'm trying at this point of the game to keep people around who I can shape. I can mold. And I'm trying to get players out like Roxroy and it's him. Omar is really getting again, this positive. I, I'm not a believer in the winners edit conspiracy theories, but this is the first season where I'm like uh, observing that. I'm like, Omar really is getting incredibly positive airtime just in his breaking down. You know, Jordan, you love when players get on and tell you what they're thinking and what they're going to do. And he, he really breaks this kind of stuff down. And he's seen again as being the one that is orchestrating, changing the vote. And we see him go to push now for Roxroy. Um, even just little comments to hide. I don't know if you guys caught this, but he said, hey, um, Nakai, if we wanted to bl- blindside Roxroy, I, I would totally be with you. Right? Just yeah. very subtle, but he's like shifting it. He's almost like putting it, yeah, sprinkling it on him. Sprinkling it on there. On him. And 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 uh, I, I well, don't. And that, got, and that got High to agree with him and want to vote with him to vote Roxroy out. But High knows he's seen it before. He cannot cross Mike. He cannot and will not do that because as soon as you cross Mike, you are in his target line. Right. Um, Chanel, right? Chanel, Chanel faced, faced that and was voted out for it um, amongst a couple of other reasons. But Mike was a huge proponent of, nope, can't trust her. She went against me. That's not the way I want to play this game and worked to get her voted out. High does not want to break Mike's trust. That is a super important relationship for him at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on a small group like this, you want to prove that you're going to work well together. And Mike makes a great point that them voting out Roxroy would make them look untrustworthy in this mm-hmm. moment. And that's not something he wants to be when you go back with the big group. I thought that and made total sense. I absolutely agree mm-hmm. with that. Like you, you don't want to look untrustworthy. You, you go in and it looks like it should be pretty straightforward. Romeo was on the outs with the whole group. And now it's split into a group that he was like, these are the people who's on the outs with Roxroy, High, Mike, like those are the guy, Omer, the, the, those four, he was on the outs with those four and, uh, and they get all put in one group with him to vote. And so it just, it looks straightforward and to not vote him out. Yeah, absolutely comes across as untrustworthy. Who and, is the uh, alliance again? That I, I keep forgetting that initial merge group because oh, it was gosh. pretty big. I'd have to go. I'd have to go back and look at that. But um, I got I got thing. it highlighted. It was everyone okay. except Romeo. So Rocks High, Mike, and Omer, and then on the other tribe it was Jonathan, Lindsay, and Drea. Marianne and Tori were the two who were a little oh, right. was not okay. I had a question mark. Mm-hmm. She was the one yes. that with that uh, John kind of threw under the bus for the, the first to go on their tribe. Of all the three. Okay. So there's still a significant grouping no. of them that, yeah, you're going to no. have to come back and at right. least bring just that do out. damage control. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even Mike at one point says, I'm willing to vote Roxroy. We just can't do it right now. This is bad timing to do it here and now. Yeah. When he said that, I, I thought for sure they were not going to vote for him because of I what I, I agree with this point. And Mike is mm-hmm. not the same as Roxroy, but very principled. He emphasizes, like, I gave my word. He really seems like the kind of guy that. That's important to him. So the fact mm-hmm. that they ultimately switch that vote is pretty significant. And yeah. we'll see we'll see what the repercussions are of that when they jump back together with the rest of the group next episode. Okay, let's make let's make our way over there. So we've got the other group of voters, Drea, Jonathan, who is immune, Tori, Lindsay, Marianne. Another one that 
it seems to be pretty straightforward. Tori's been on the outs. Drea really has put a target on Tori's back. So Andrea is a, a power player in this game. She has a lot of influence. It just feels like that's where this vote should go. But also there's a couple of idols in play. There's a whole bunch of ways in which we can make this work. And the one person who's safe is Jonathan, who maybe could have been in a little bit of an easier target um, in this group. Lindsay almost beat Jonathan, by the way. I don't know if she was talking about that or not, but she she that well, she holds her own safe. right like she's, she we've seen that a few own. times where she's like right last i think it was last week too where she's in the water and just yeah it's incredible she really is neck and neck with him and and yeah. big fans of Lindsay over here yeah. yep jonathan now has his moment to make a big move he's got immunity so he can he can have some influence this is like the there's two ways to play it he even points it out you can sit back relax you're safe go with the flow or no try to make a move now kind of like big brother style um, where I'm I'm the head of the household. I've got immunity. I can't be voted out here. Let's make a move. Let's be a little bit more aggressive. Tony did this a lot in season 40. As soon as he got immunity, he was doing old Tony stuff and making people shake and, and working around people's backs. Um, yeah, like you've got, I guess, two options when you have the necklace. You can either just sit back and do nothing because you know you're safe, or you can really put yourself out there more than you would normally because you know you're safe. And so there's kind of two, I guess, schools of thought or depending on the phase of the game that you're in, um, if it's time to make a move. And if it doesn't work, if you pitch something and you don't like it or no one else is going along with it, then you've got a couple of days of just kind of fading back into the background, hoping that it goes a d- different way and people kind of forget that you ever tried to make waves in the first place. So, mm-hmm. so I'm all for the, the try to make big moves while you're safe mm-hmm. uh, idea. No, I'm, I'm on board with that. Be, you can, you got your chance to be aggressive and you got to make a move at the end of the day, you need the moves to be able to get those votes at final tribal council. And so if you've got a very close to free shot at making a move, take the opportunity and now, yeah, if there's follow-up with the consequences later, but Mm -hmm. you also have to do it in the right way. Probably unlike what Jonathan was doing in this episode. Yes, it wasn't approached the right. It wasn't approached the right way. Um, so he wants to blindside Drea is the move that Jonathan wants to make and use Marianne as a shield. The using as a shield type deal does not go over well. It doesn't work so well for the the bait, right? He wants to go after the big fish, which is Drea and use Marianne as the bait. Um, but when you're fishing, it doesn't work out so well for the bait. Uh, all the time, regardless of the fish you catch, the bait doesn't get the good end of the stick. I like that. Um, yeah, you like that? That's another That's national treasure one. quote. Here it we is. go. Um, so he tells Marianne this, and Marianne goes straight to, here we go, information flying around. Marianne goes straight to tell Tori about that, and Marianne makes it very obvious she is not on board with the plan to use her name to try and get out Drea. Drea also is already suspicious. None of these people are her close allies. Her closest ally is high who's on the other side and jonathan tells her that he is thinking marianne to get at her idol and drea goes i have an idol wait a second <laughs> wait a second if you're targeting idols i've got one here i love her laugh too when she does that that's just an iconic kind of like shan last season with her humming uh, drea's yeah. laughs for me as they often as they go off to a commercial are are very good tv for sure but yeah they're getting mad at jonathan too right the the they are. I mean, Drea is happy that is she hears happy. that she's, you know, maybe she'll be okay. But then Marianne's saying like, he treats me like a young 
little girl i think she said and like yeah. she said i'm okay to get yeah. dre out but it's jonathan's really getting to me and then just a bit later on Lindsay is talking to jonathan and he's she's getting frustrated with him being like he's not that strategic and he won't listen to me because i'm trying to explain well what if drea plays her idol and he's like so so here's oh, the yeah. thing let's think we that. couldn't come up with the solution that what if drea plays her idol then so does marianne that couldn't have been the solution but they no but they were talking about how they wanted to get taku strong and kind of move forward with all these resources and pockets still so right, this, so but, he didn't think very far down the line for sure that this might this play inevitably might bring out a bunch of these idols that we want to keep or this advantage from marianne so and especially when tori seems like such an obvious bait to, yes, to put out there exactly because yeah. everyone is already talking about tori Drea would believe yeah. it as Lindsay was talking about. Like, why are you suggesting wants, she's on your alliance? Drea wants Tori out mm-hmm. anyways to start with. So you can easily get her on your side to get Tori out and then actually just blindside Dre in it. Yeah, I don't get it. I did. Yeah, I mean, I can see where it's Jonathan's just... coming from in terms of wanting to make a big move and trying, trying oh, to get Drea to get... out. He knows that yeah. she has, um, at least they know for sure the one, if not the other ones as well. So I don't blame him for going, but he, yeah, as Lindsay said, he's just not very strategic, which no. I, I think this is the first time that really was captured on this season for me, where he has played a great game. He seemed very likable up until this episode. And and then this is the first strategically is like, no, maybe there is uh, something that he's going to struggle with here getting to get further yeah. in this individual game. And I think it's interesting to, to kind of contrast what he was doing with Omer on the other side, who also kind of seems to be, dictating votes but in a way where people aren't really taking it back to it like he went to romeo i think and was like hey you have to trust me on this one um i think he did it to marianne a couple episodes like you mm-hmm. might have to play your idol but just trust me on it and uh but for some reason like no one seems to be catching on or thinks that he's saying it in a way that's um too provocative yeah absolutely so travel cancel you alluded to it before jordan the weather the rain's coming down they're shaking you know, high is saying like, I don't have any body fat left here. That again, that is harder. And I think it, Jeff even points it out that it's like, it's not like you guys are going back and having a nice kumbaya campfire. Like this, these elements really come in. I still wish they would show that more, but again, how do you, sh- how do you really show that? Because I think high as well said, you know, when you're watching on TV, tribal looks great, but it sucks to be here. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. sucks to be out there. The weather, the weather's awful out there and raining and, you just can't get any relief from it because it's all obviously open. It's not closed structures that they're spending time in. Yeah, um, it'd be brutal. But they give even there though when he says that, the edit shows Omar, and I think it was in real time, saying, mm-hmm. "Well, yeah, that's it does suck, but in the big picture, this is going to really be like formative and really thankful for this experience." So, and then it pans back to high. I, I that's why I say like that winner's edit. I'm I he just is getting all these positive takes where like someone will say something that's kind of true like it's it is hard and he's like well yeah but what about this perspective on it as well so i don't know anything i would never look at a spoiler to save my life but no but no, i just you. am watching omar maybe it's because he's canadian so i'm getting excited imagine two canadians winning back in a row. Back. so much for my dream of being the first canadian to win survivor i'll be like the 40th. 17th or whatever yeah <laughs> well think about it man like they show these pictures of the canadians we go back to last season with um shan Erica, Erica winning and then this the group this season they are a solid bunch there is yeah. not any throwaways uh in this group so shout out to the canadians on the cast yeah. and uh love to see more 
of that. But yeah, they they're sitting there. The team won, and you guys can break this down a little bit. But Roxroy basically saying, "Yeah, there was nothing to talk about. I felt fine." Yeah, the tough tough one in tribal council in the modern survivor area where you're in season 42 and you go, I don't think my plan is wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot. I know it's going to happen. No one was scrambling. No one was having other conversations. Okay. Roxroy. I, I wrote down Roxroy doesn't think that his plan is wrong. Is he right about that? That his plan is, is good to go and no one's going against him. I also like, so they go vote. Jeff goes to read the votes and a Roxroy vote hops out, which we knew one was, we figured one was coming because Romeo has a vote. And then a Romeo vote pops out, which is obviously Roxroy's. And then another Roxroy vote pops out and he looks back and Mike's got the poker face going. Just look straight at Jeff. Don't look away. Don't make a reaction. And Roxroy just voted. Out. I assume it's a four to one vote. They all voted for Roxroy. I didn't actually look, but um there were only three, three or four votes read and, and Roxroy was out. Mike had to compromise. Mike was the one who compromised on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I said earlier, I was surprised by that. And did you guys catch Roxroy's comment? So he, yeah, he gets voted out and Jeff says, well, you got to go to the bench here. And did you catch mm-hmm. what he turns to Chanel and says like hi and Romeo got together and did this. I hope that they freeze <laughs> just like throwing it the cruel line. And this yeah. ties in crazy perfectly to our audience question number three coming from john wani john wani writes if you were playing in this season of survivor and jeff offered you an idol if you threw another castaway shoes in the fire whose shoes would you burn and why and basically he's looking to unleash tyler's inner jatia because i guess you guys were both referencing jatia in survivor at home bios and never got to chat about it so thank you john wani for that tyler what do you think mm. who would you if you were playing on this current season of survivor 42 jeff says here's an idol tyler all you got to do is take someone's shoes or maybe a prized possession and toss it in the fire yeah i would i would be very concerned about this i honestly don't know if i would do it or even attempt it i think that it would cause so much so many waves especially if anyone found out about it really the whole jta was uh to try and uh, bring solidarity back to the nuclear engineers more so than her uh, erratic behavior. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I, Can you clarify uh, what that means for, for all of us who are confused? So, so I graduated from nuclear engineering a couple of years ago, and also the only nuclear engineer on Survivor is JTA. And so uh, I didn't want people to get the wrong impression. Just kind of trying to right the wrongs of, of some ah, of the... Uh, interesting. She's mm-hmm. the only one? I think so. She's the only one that I've, uh, I've seen or heard of. Okay. But yeah, so if I guess it depends if I had to, if I could do it secretly, probably someone who I just like knows on the bottom and just try and like, I don't know, a Tori or a Romeo, I guess, and just uh, hope that everyone else kind of skirts around it. Or I honestly might not even do it if I had to do it in public, because I wouldn't want to have to kind of face the, the wrath of people thinking I'm causing some chaos. If I was in the mode of chaos and I could do it secretly, let's go maximum chaos and go with Jonathan. Because that would be, I think that would be maximum chaos. Well, would that set him off, right? Would would that set him off? And if it would, that would be the biggest blow up possible. And if if you're throwing someone's shoes in the fire, that's what you're looking for, right? 
I'm not looking for, oh, I'm just making Romeo's experience worse before he goes out. That's <laughs> just that, like, just right. Like, up. Yeah. oh, whatever, like whatever. If, if he's, if he's struggling out there, so be it. But yeah, if we want maximum chaos, we're going after the shoes of, of someone big like Jonathan. Yeah. I think that would get you, get to the reaction that you're looking for for throwing someone. That's a good call. I like that. Yeah. I would say, um, uh, so my approach, I would do it and then i would lie and say i'm so sorry like it was raining and I, I took a bunch of the shoes and i put them uh like by the fire to dry and like when i i went to get something and i look back and yours fell oh, in man. and only yours and everyone else's are totally fine but they're in the fire and i would definitely go i, I would try to ruffle the feathers as well jonathan was who came to mind but maybe something like hi again we saw him accusing romeo like very publicly coming back after last tribal so I think just a vote like that. If you're trying to put, again, if you're trying to create chaos for other people so that you can keep progressing in the game, that actually could be a great move. So really good question, John Wani. Love the heartbeat behind it and your desire to see people suffer in the game of Survivor. So, so we're going into Tribal Council number two. There are a ton of reactions to Roxroy being voted out. And right away, Drea, she's unsure of how she wants to react. And... And what to make of the first, like that first vote and seeing Roxroy being out, that wasn't expected. Um, we knew, we know that everyone expected Romeo to be voted out. And I think in a way, Romeo should have expected to be voted out as well, but did not, um, did not happen. Roxroy is out. And this is where this tribal council starts to take over the episode and, and become an emotional moment. And Drea brings up the, that she's noticed that, you know, it's, and, and this is, a fact at this point first two contestants voted out um into the jury not after the merge but into the jury are two black contestants back to back and right away and she's just trying to i think process that um and andrew you've had uh, the survivor at home twitter page today has been as graceful as you can be today and that's that's your doing and i want to commend you on that but this is not an easy topic uh to speak about and i think you had a couple of thoughts you you specifically wanted to to share based on this Mm. Um, this tribal council because it was a heavy tribal council through Drea, Drea's point of view. Um, we get a lot of Drea, as we should get a lot of Drea's point of view and Marianne's point of view in this tribal council where they talk about how it's in their experience. They don't, you, you get all, you get a ton of situations in life where there's not a lot, there's not what they feel is enough black representation and that they make it clear that that's not them saying that that's on purpose necessarily or, planned or because of specific racism in that moment they're just disappointed there's not that representation mm -hmm. and they want to be a part of um representation and that's where there becomes a, a couple minutes in this tribal council of misunderstanding that mm -hmm. um i think is fair to say and they really make it drea specifically makes it clear that this is you know an issue that she sees she's not blaming anyone necessarily on that it's just an issue that she sees and wants to take her part in and Marianne totally is on board with that wanting to take her part in in that as well and it becomes a, an interesting moment where the group gains this mute goes through this mutual respect of understanding everyone's point of view but also learning about how just because someone sees just because Drea and Marianne see um, an injustice in their mind doesn't mean they think that someone is purposefully doing wrong or even doing wrong in that manner they just don't like that this is the results that have come out of it and they have the power in this game to not allow that result to continue mm -hmm. and That's they very well take said. advantage of that power 
Yeah, that's very well said, Jordan. I did want to acknowledge and recognize too, we talk about the word representation. And mm-hmm. for those listening, if you didn't pick it up already, we are not the most diverse group of people. And in, in fact, even in our survivor at home community, there's not very much diversity. And so we uh, recognize that. And actually, after the podcast last night, so yes, on our Twitter page at Survivor at Home, we just posted, hey, there's a lot to sit on tonight and just to think about. And we actually saw the Survivor Diversity campaign tweeting as well and uh, reached out on Twitter to say, hey, this is kind of a long shot. We're just a small Canadian podcast, but we'd like to get someone to come on our show if, if that would be okay. And they forwarded along to their group. We haven't heard back, but it is important just to say that it's important to have representation, even as we talk about these issues. And so we would love to do that. And if that opportunity does come up, if we hear back, we'd love to have them on as even just a special episode uh, to hear this because some great episodes today on Rob has a podcast on uh, the pod has spoken. I listened to a little bit with Jeremy on there, just breaking it down. I mean, that's just the, that's the first step is to listen to voices from the black community to speak about this. So I wanted to say that it is a sensitive one. And I know a lot of people, even on Twitter, were engaging. I kind of foolishly got myself into a bit of a back and forth there. But I think the bottom line here for us, as we speak about this, the three of us and and those listening, that the most important thing is to listen first and to have empathy first and to hear what Drea was saying. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. And this is why I think the the race conversations of the last couple of years have been very helpful because they've encouraged people to listen. Like, Hey, you have your opinions. Have you, have you listened to someone? And there's no coincidence that season 41, we saw what happened there. The kind of very similar conversations last year, season 42 cast hasn't seen season 41. And you're having a very similar breakdown of uh, this very important topic and, and, and literal like breakdown of emotion taking place. And so there's, that to me just is saying there's no coincidence that this is happening season after season. Anyway, these are complex issues, guys. They really are. And we're speaking about people's lives and people's experience. And we do well to sit and listen. Just like think about Mike this season when he talks about Omar. He's like the guy's from a totally different religion. He probably doesn't still agree with his religion. He probably still doesn't have the same. He's not going to go home and uh, start practicing Islam. He may disagree with him about a lot of things, but he, he literally sits down for an hour and just asks him questions and asks him to share his experience. And he's humble about it. And that's what we're lacking so much. Again, Twitter is great, but you can see the negative side where people lack the humility. Um, you know, I've heard it said that the, as these are such complex issues, it's like kind of a, a two-sided coin, or in this case, probably a many-sided die where it's okay to recognize that there are many things at play here. So people post a picture last week of Chanel got votes from Drea. So isn't that hypocrisy, right? It, it can be true that black players voted for black players in past episodes. And it can also be true that as Drea walked in, it triggered something in her, as we clearly see she's processing there that, okay, wait a second, this is like a trend that has happened so much in my own experience in life and, and representation matters and, and just maybe triggering other emotion for her. And she changes her mind, right? And she rightly shares what she's going through. And so that's a couple of the points, but the main thing we need to do is to, to start with the side of the dice or side of the coin that's compassionate, right? 
people go wrong by jumping to the other sides of the dice of the coin and saying, well, let's talk about the this issue or let's talk about what she said wrong or let's talk about why this is unfair. Or, Jonathan had the right to say what he did. Well, no, he didn't because he started on the wrong side. The right side is to, to sit compassionately, have some empathy. As Jeremy said on his podcast with Tyson today, have some empathy. Just listen. She's crying. She's not faking. This isn't being woke as some people criticize survivor of being. She is just emotionally responding to something that has is a real issue for many people of color that in their entire life, there've been just the systemic uh, racism of black people, especially in the, in the U S and in Canada, probably even more so the indigenous conversation where there's generational trauma, there's effects on the society, all these things come into play and you get on a show. It's a microcosm of the real world. And it's not wrong to acknowledge that. And even if she was wrong, let's just say, which I don't think she was, even if she was uh, totally off base, when someone breaks down and cries you just listen you just give them a space and it's like you're a jerk of a friend or a tribe mate to interject and try and correct someone and i'm not i'm not even getting to jonathan specifically but just in general it's it's unkind when someone is sharing something that's very hard for them for you to just quickly interject and try and be like oh well yeah but you know what about this have some empathy have a listening ear just like mike did before just like Lindsay, very appropriately responds to them we can unpack this one further and again, if you're listening and you have a, an opinion on this, or you think we're missing something, we'd love to hear as well, because it's important to hear. It's important to listen to people's you know, input on this as well. But I just wanted to recognize and honor Drea and Marianne for their vulnerability, for their wisdom, and, and saying what they did last night, and for helping us, inviting us into these very important conversations that we just would not have seen in past seasons with less representation. Marianne had such an interesting line where she talked about my biggest fear coming into Survivor was not getting voted out or misplaying an idol or advantage. It was, if I see an injustice, will I stand up for it or not? And she followed that up by saying, I have to do it because if I don't stand up and if I don't do that, who else will take that and who else will will follow that along and who else will um, make that stand? And so she goes in solidarity in partnership with Drea and makes her stand. And, you know, they also think it through in terms of where the idols sit because they have to play them to, to show that, you know, this is not a strategic thing. We're not bouncing off of this to make it strategic and use this straight right. up to our advantage. Right. We're standing up for what we believe in and we're going to play it as morally as we, in a game where, um, you can sometimes cross a little bit of a moral boundary in terms of where you're voting and what you're telling people. Um, but they say, this is what, this is the right thing to do. And they, what they believe is the right way to approach it. Mm-hmm. And, and they go along with that. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we get to the actual kind of vote process? Yeah, I guess I like at the end of the day, it's a social game. And mm-hmm. so there's inevitably going, you're inevitably going to be bringing in experiences from outside the game which Mm -hmm. could impact your decision making inside the game and like survivors not played in a bubble like it's nationally televised and so that also like the perception of how is this going to be perceived by uh like the world or the culture around me and how should you're playing in the game um how what should be the outcome of that is like things that people think about in the game and it's not all just strategy game bots you know it's real people who are kind of there's a multi levels of uh, 
of decisions that are kind of has to be processed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great point as well. So we get to the voting process and Drea and Marianne hand in their immunity idols. So they're safe. Jonathan is safe because he has immunity. And so they basically decide not to vote, but just to do an open discussion. It's between Lindsay and Tori and everyone knows they're going to choose to vote out Tori. Like that's Jonathan is close with uh, Lindsay. Marianne is close with Lindsay. Lindsay's going to vote for Tori because that's her only choice. Tori's going to vote for Lindsay because that's her only choice. And then Drea has wanted Tori out for a while because she's got the storyline that Tori wants her out. Tori denies that that's the case, that she wants Drea out. But at the end of the day, I think we know it's kind of true that Tori's been, has tried to target Drea in some sort of way um, at some point in the game. And so the four of them decide to vote a 4-1 for Tori. Tori rightfully takes her shot in the dark and plays it. We have a fan question that came out of this just five minutes ago, maybe 10 mm. minutes ago. Perfect timing. Well done, Bryson Dell. My, my guy, even though he voted me out, Tyler, your buddy from Survivor at Home as well. Bryson asks, why didn't Lindsay also play her shot in the dark? Yeah, I was going to bring this up too. I thought it was a, it would be a no-brainer because I guess it. there's, I'm still a little confused on how the shot in the dark works, but if there's two out of 12 safe in the urn, do they not get reset if uh, if the shot in the dark gets played by one person? Do they then put like a second, like reset the two out of 12 ratio? I I believe they would have to reset it because everyone has to have the same odds, right? But it's odd that they would put two in then. Yeah. You almost think that they had this challenge in mind or, or this kind of situation in mind where there could be two people. Like it has never been clarified is... They're a pot of six before now 12 where they take one out. If you're, if you go out first, Tyler, you take one out. Then now there's only 11 for the next person. But or, when they, right. But when they share that the odds are one in six, they don't say the odds are one in six, unless someone before you makes them worse odds than that or better odds than that. They just say the odds are one in six. Right. Right. Yeah. I, so guess I guess odds are actually, no, why would they, no why, why would they change from one out of six to two out of 12? Yes, I, I agree. At the moment. It's confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, either way, I think Lindsay probably should have taken it because if if that shows up like Tori was safe, then I would be very Lindsay's out. Yeah, your vote out. means your vote means nothing, so you yeah. just go for it too. And then if both are safe, that would have been that would have mm -hmm. been fine. Yes, if both end, I must. I, they could have been because it's two. And so this is a great question, right? To, as we kind of wrap up I, here, but I, what yeah. what do you do? Because you can't do Yeah, the wheel oh. of death comes in. Because <laughs> and this is I don't know if this was said already. Uh, that I didn't like how Jeff handled this. Obviously, I mean, I like the the whole oh, other part. Okay, I didn't wow. like I didn't like this for that reason because you kind of change the normal format of like you don't know what's going to happen. So he could have just said, "All right, uh, we know you guys are probably playing your idol, but you still got to go and do the formality." Like that's he said, true. it's because it, to me that's important, right? Just the the going up, the unknowing, because then you might have Lindsay as she's up there might have thought, "Man, like maybe I should." play my shot in the dark because yeah. like to, just to know beforehand like formally jeff asking okay are your votes for tory i actually found even though like the odds of that happening are so slim i so still didn't fun. think it was fair to tory that she got voted out that way it should they should have each still gone up cast their vote and then dre and marianne play their idols as they said mm -hmm. they would that wouldn't have I changed agree. anything and then tory because i'm trying to think if i'm tory i'm trying to think if i'm tory 
Well, can, is there a way out of the situation? The only way out of that situation, very low odds, is if her and Andrea both pull the shot in the dark. And then what uh, her and Lindsay, her and Lindsay. Pull what, the oh, shot yeah, sorry. The her and Lindsay. Sorry. Then, and then what happens? Then what happens? Well, and so the other thing is Survivor doesn't make exceptions in terms of skipping a vote and just discussing it unless there are extenuating circumstances, right? So Jeff Varner, when he outed uh, Zeke, um, there was no vote for that. Brandon Hance, um, right, Brandon, fan right. versus favorites, just got unanimously kicked out for being that was like at the challenge if i remember at a, at a challenge yeah. well the or they were standing the by favorites, the yeah the favorites team just said we're not competing we know who we want to vote out and they voted him out then and there wow um based on what had happened but those are like and then the only other time you have a discussion is based on the double like tie revote tie and then you have a discussion and that's part of the rules but mm-hmm. yeah this was a weird exception because at the end of the day when you look at the results it's two idols are played, but you should still be voting. So it's weird that they didn't end up doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, Tori gets voted out from the beginning. It probably was going to be her anyways, who gets eliminated. Um, there wasn't really any other way around mm-hmm. that. Cause Lindsay wasn't getting voted out. Marianne, if there was even a hint of her getting voted out was probably going to have to play an idol, but she wasn't going to let that happen. Drea was absolutely prepared to play her idol. And Tori didn't have anything to defend her. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it probably should have been Tori from the beginning, but we took a long, windy road, good road um, and good discussions, but a long, windy road to get to that result. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from this episode, I have one question, and then we got to wrap the wrap it up, but we should know what this question is by now. Tyler, we brought up breaking news earlier in this episode. And now the question is, are you prepared to play Survivor at Home season five? That is a great question. I think I'm going to have to think about it. I've got, so I might uh, provide some alternates. I've got some people that I think would do great. And I would love to be kind of on the outside looking in for once and just to see what it's like from that perspective. Let it, let it cool down a little bit before I come back. But it's a very terrible, know. it's a terrible place from the outside. You're just watching it's as a- everyone has the fun. It's a you, tough, it's the FOMO is real from what I hear. FOMO, from what you hear, the FOMO is absolutely <laughs> real from the outside looking in um, when you see that. But also it was fun because the person I was cheering for was winning um, the whole way through. So uh, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. So certainly not a no for now, but certainly not we'll a no, a hard maybe. Um, and we will see. That is awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this was an awesome podcast, some, uh, some great talks on strategy um, and also a, a great conversation at the end. Andrew, anything to add on before we sign off here? Um, we have Survivor Home Season 5, and we and... also have Survivor Home Light, which is a kind of a taste-sized portion bite-sized portion of the real game a lot of people come to us and say we love this what you're doing but to do two nights till two in the morning with the stress of the idols and i just can't do it so we've created actually katie my sister has really put in a ton of work for this a one night version uh 7 p.m till about 12 30 12 45 we're not gonna have any idols um it's gonna be a little bit sillier games but still an awesome strategic night people are still gonna want to win there's only gonna be one winner at the end, but a great way for people to try this out. So if you're listening, you said, Hey, 
I, I like a taste of this before I sign up for season five. This is a perfect opportunity. It's May 27th. It's all on Zoom, and you can uh, register on the website, www.survivoratthome.com slash forward slash light, L-I-T-E. You won't see it on there. You got to do the forward slash because we've semi-hidden it because um, we just want to select few. But as if you're listening, you are those select few. So thank you for everyone who has played. We've done four incredible seasons. And as I alluded to before, season five coming in September, I don't know how many hours of sleep I've lost thinking of some incredible twists that we've never done before. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait. So oh, no hourglass, no hour. Can you promise me on the podcast there will be no hourglass twist? I can will you not promise. promise. Oh, no, no. I am not going to. I cannot say anything. I uh, am a For man of integrity. See, he is moving around an hourglass in his uh, podcast office. Yes. AKA closet. So that's all I got. I'm very excited. Love this. Love awesome. bringing people together. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Yes. Please connect with us on Twitter. We had 50 likes on some of those tweets last yes, night. Five zero. Did. That's a pretty big deal uh, for our deal. little Canadian podcast. Shout out as well to our new friends uh, in Florida, uh, Survivor Vanquish starting their event in May. Hope that, got, that it goes really well for you. And there's a Canadian playing. I hope that she wins and, and brings home the cash prize. And they do a great work for a charity there supporting mm -hmm. um children's kind of like a make-a-wish foundation uh, give kids the world i believe it's called so shout out to Kristen and the group there i got to connect with them uh this week as well right. love hearing what other people are doing so that's all i have tyler or jordan anything else for you guys no uh but yeah sign up for survivor at home it's a great time if you're listening and don't know i'll i'll plug it any day of the week i love it awesome we love to hear that so you can follow us on twitter at survivor at home at ironside andrew at Jordan B. T uh, ooh, yes, at you, Jordan B. Timpson. You go Twitter. back and forth every week. I go back and forth every week. Eventually, I'll get it right um, and know what my own Twitter handle is. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play. Uh, other, any other? I don't know if there's any other podcast catchers that you can podcasters that you can catch us on. But we look forward. Leave us a review. Interact with us on Spotify. We always put a question, um, and you can answer it a poll question and give us your thoughts as well. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you all, and we will talk to you then.